AG1 is a comprehensive and convenient blend of over 70 high quality ingredients. And what that means is each morning when I wake up, before I do anything else, I drink AG1 to set me up for the day. It keeps me clear headed, full of energy and focused on whatever I need to do, like writing the fighting cock, for example. One scoop once a day before breakfast and that's it. I've actually found that I've not been needing coffee in the morning to get me started. I've still been drinking coffee because I love coffee, but it's not because it's like a necessity to do so. AG1 is made out of the highest quality ingredients subject to the strictest manufacturing standards. AG1 is NSF certified for sport and this process involves exhaustive testing and verification that every serving of AG1 is exactly what you see on the label. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs for your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock. That's drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock to get started and to help the podcast. Thank you very much. Have a great day and enjoy the show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Clock. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Clock. A camel turn Um, Ricky, have you ever uh, just? Do you ever take yourself to the office and just you know treat yourself to a five knuckle shuffle? Uh, I'm in my office. This is my working from home office. So I just yeah. stay here. Do you have a no, door? Don't interrupt me! Don't interrupt me! I'm working! Don't knock no, on the door! This is just pure work. It, you know, but no, now that you work from home and this is like the room that you do it from, it is that kind of... Um, I know. You just want to shut the door. Uh, when it's like gone five, shut the door and, and pretend to that your free, free bedroom house is a two bedroom house and that this room doesn't exist <laughs> <laughs> you don't like working do you oh, nah. <laughs> well you know i don't mind working it's fine but not shit work <laughs> <laughs> give me the good work i want all the good work ricky is actually i don't know if you want me to say this but um he's he's open to new ventures is that fair to say rick yeah, you can say that. Yeah, why Ricky, not? Why not? And I loved Ricky is on this podcast. By far away, the, fo- the fans' favourite. <laughs> People love Ricky. Give him a fucking job then. A good job that he likes to do. Yeah, please do that. <laughs> um, I didn't I didn't know that we'd. Uh, that this, this is recorded. This, you, this is you, yeah. Should I just start again? Uh, I don't care, mate. Yeah, well, there you go. Look, you don't, you don't know what might happen. Someone might slide into your DMs and go, do you know what? I love you. And here's a great job for you. Yeah. Um, what I will say is uh, digital marketing, paid social, PPC. You know, if you know, you know, right? Is that what you want uh, to get into? Social media marketing. Yeah, that is, um, that's me. T, do you want a job? No, I'm, I'm very, very happy in my in my current role. Are, current you, that, are you really, really happy, T, with your job? I am, yeah. Oh, mate. I've do you know how refreshing that is? Three years. Do you know how fucking refreshing that is to hear? 
I'm happy with what I do for a living. It's so rare. I talk about yeah, Spurs really and much. even I complain about it. I don't know if I can do this anymore, yeah. Ricky. The football's so <laughs> shit. I can't. I can't turn the fucking microphone on and talk about Tottenham anymore. <laughs> I knew I should have done a food podcast. I this is stupid. <laughs> I should have become a bricklayer. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking, I'm such a dickhead. Sometimes I hear myself moaning. The other day, right, I was talking to James, James Alcott. And he's like, how was your weekend? And I just went into tirade about Spurs like, after we just got slapped by Leicester. It's fucking shit. Conte's not the one. We're, look at us. We've lost Ben Tancor. We're fucking terrible. I hate this. I can't do this anymore, James. I can't talk about football anymore for 11. Right? And then he went, have you seen what's happening to QPR? Have you seen the QPR are in a mess? They haven't won a game in about 20 games. Draw, loss, <laughs> loss, loss, draw. They've sat their boss. They're looking in for Garrett. Garrett. But, but what my, my point is, is the grass isn't always greener. Because if, it's, nah. if, if the grass is QPR, then think there's problems at Spurs oh jeez that football club anyway um, you was at the game yesterday boys you were any yeah, trouble outside was... any naughtiness West Ham giving it were they I um, I was uh, there for the fucking hell what, what, why has that word just gone out of my head what for the you know when they walk them from the station oh yeah the, the police has Big escort, fucking hell. Is it Kettle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kettling, escort, evil would have done. I couldn't think of any, so, you know, mm. whatever. But yeah, um, there was loads of police. Loads of police uh, covering West Ham. There was loads of uh, police fans uh, following them. And um, it, it didn't look like a massive mob at all. And maybe because where I was... There wasn't any singing, there wasn't any jeering, and it wasn't any bottles being thrown. There was it was just a very uh, cordial. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, yeah, it was it was nice. It's just I... oh, look, there's a group of people walking past and then that was it. <laughs> I went I... T, do, do do you have any memories of West Ham kicking off because I I I we Spurs played in I think it was a League Cup Sherwood one of Sherwood's first games and um it was in the Park Lane lower and that was about as bad as I've ever seen it between West Ham and Spurs. Just, just generally walking down the street. So, you, what you th- you saying? It's tamed over the years, Rick. Is that what you're saying? Uh, I don't know if it's tamed over the years. Well, actually, yeah, I am saying it's tamed over the years because with you know, obviously, um, mobile phones and people filming the new stadium where away fans are walked. They they used to be walked down to the kind of intersection of Park Lane and the High Road and come around that corner where the traffic lights are. And that's exactly where it was kind of like a quarter of the away fans and then three quarters was the South Stand Park Lane. And you'd have to walk past each other. And there was just like a small segregation of those little metal rail yeah. um, fencing wasn't and lot. all of that's gone now yeah it wasn't a lot all of that is gone they they get walked down a, a separate road before they even get to park lane um and there is a lot of police presence and with uh the Guna game that um they didn't even walk down the high road i don't think i think it was, uh they they came northumberland parkway that was from, scared. from that yeah from that area they, so, scared. they said they 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 i heard that the fans the arsenal fans emailed the police and saying just keep us away Keep us out of Dodge City. <laughs> um, T, how how did you enjoy the game? Did you? I mean, what, what 
what did you think of before we go into the football actually what did you think of West Ham's support because this is like a big game for them it's not I don't really give a fuck about West Ham I honestly <clears throat> when I go into a week at West Ham do, do you get nervous going into that game no not no. at all um, I mean I mean they were, they, were, they were in the bottom three when the game kicked off so they're already on the bad run so I think there's an element of that in their apathy yesterday um, they're not doing well they're on a very bad run and they probably just didn't give a shit about the game it's not a fixture I really think about I think you know, I agree with Ricky it wasn't that intense yesterday I think um, you probably get most scuffles at the away game um, I mean Upton Park is no more but going, all, going to away games there is quite hairy you know mm. um, but the new stadium is not don't really it, see it, many, it, do you much, think it's a shame we've lost that, that element to it, or is it 100% yeah, yeah, totally. I like. I, I know some people be listening to this and be like, "Oh, yeah, it's but it's better because safety and you know it's a football game. None of that kind of stuff should happen." But the it was back in the day. Um, it was you know it's an old stadium that the when it was a derby day, you could, you know, the the atmosphere was palpable. Like you could cut it with a knife. It was just you just knew that whether or not people were going to do anything, but it was, you know, lads bouncing on their toes, you know, a bit of a kind of pushing and shoving, whatever. You're not really going to get much action outside the ground because it's going to be like covered with police. But it was, it. it's what encapsulates a, a London derby. Yeah. It's fucking great, man. It's it was... like, you know, I'm not, I was never, uh, I was never and would never ever be frontline doing any of that stuff and i always kind of watched from afar uh, yeah, we, we let like, we let t- yeah. tougher men do it yeah exactly yeah yeah that's exactly it um and it was it, it's you know it's it's part of football um and uh, i did enjoy it excuse me sir can um you look quite big and strong can you go and attack those west ham fans so i can watch <laughs> <laughs> excuse me sir you know that um little label you've got on your sleeve does that mm. Can you can you go and fight? This you, you're wearing the the Stone Island. Yeah, that's the problem. That's the problem with everyone wearing Stone Island now. It's because like it's not. It used to be a declaration that you was up for something. Yeah. But yeah, now it's it just like just anybody wears it. So it's like Yeah, anyone. And if you if you're wearing Stone Island as well, that that it still means you're up for it and you'll you, you'll get folded up. If you're wearing, if you're wearing Stone Island and you're walking down the high road and you get folded up and put to bed. Yeah. That's on you. You're wearing the uniform. See, do you think there's an edge, the, the missing edge to Spurs and Tottenham and Arsenal and all the other teams? It's not quite as there as it used to be. It is online. There's some savage shit on Twitter and that. I know you enjoy it. But um, do you think that we've lost the edge? Not just there, There's an element of that, yeah. I mean, it's almost too well policed now. Where, um, it's, it's near impossible for it to really kick off. I think the Arsenal game, there was a little bit of needle there. I think Ricky, myself, Spooky... A couple of others were watching them walk by, and there's flares and all that shit going on. So um, there's there's an element of it, but it's never going to be as bad as it was in the in the in the eighties and nineties. Um, I I don't know why. I think it's probably because it's so well policed, but also depends on how the teams are doing as well. Um, yeah. Because West Ham are doing so shit, and they probably thought they're going to get an absolute stuff from yesterday, and they probably could have if we played to our best potential. So there's there's an element of that really. It's a bit of it's almost fair weather, you know, um, and I think the next North London derby, the next one at the Emirates, I mean, you know, if, if they do the unthinkable, I think it'll probably kick off a lot at the at the away game, particularly. Um, what did you make of the performance overall, T? Uh, first half wasn't 
wasn't amazing. There's a lot of frustration at half time when I went for my, for my half time beer. Mm. But um, I think we were the better team. I think there's a, a slight tactical adjustment made made in the second half, and you know we folded them up. But it was one of those games. It was just an attritional game, and um, what really stood out to me yesterday was Romero because um, oh. it's like what I'm surrounded by cunts. I'm going to fold people up, show you guys what to fucking do. It's a bit <laughs> everyone's like, getting um, folded up. Everyone. <laughs> like, it's a bit like. Um, you know, you and your missus are cooking and you're annoying your missus because you're, you're so crap at cooking. She's yeah. just elbowing you out of the way. That's yeah. what I felt like Romero was doing to the other defenders. Like, come on, get in there. What are you doing? What are you doing? You know? And um, what, what, what did someone you... else also mentioned that Bentancourt got injured covering for other people and it felt like Romero could have done it yesterday. Thankfully, he didn't. Go on. I think uh, there was like, um, Royal got a lot of uh, plaudits. Uh, Sonny did as well for getting his goal. Um but I don't. It felt like that Romero really didn't get. I, well, I didn't see it on, on online or, or just kind of hearing about it. But Romero was so fucking good yesterday, yeah. and I and I've been one that's been kind of on his back a bit about. Um, Is he as good as everyone says? And like the lead up to the World Cup, kind of injured and coming yeah. back from the World Cup, still a bit of a hangover from that, and it's kind of like proving your worth. And yesterday there was like a there's a tackle where. Uh, kind of Son's position that uh, that left left yeah. wing centre forward area, um, and I was like, "Fucking, hell, that's a great tack!" Oh, it's Romero. Fuck yeah. it, what's he doing there? Yeah. Then there was another one at left back. Yeah. Oh, fuck, oh no, Ben Ben's. That's Romero. What's he doing there? Just, he was fucking everywhere. Just everywhere. <laughs> he was. It's insane. It was his best performance at Spurs, hands down. But that one you just mentioned on the left hand side. When you're in the stadium, you can see everything. So you would have been able to see Romero moving across, I'd imagine. But on TV, yeah, yeah. on TV, you don't. You see where the, the, it focuses on the ball and, you, and you're just, you're watching. And then he just fucking does this incredible tackle from the sort of, the defender's left-hand side, uh, attacker's left-hand side. And I was like, who's that? Oh, like, he said, where you, where you come? You're not even supposed to be there, you little scamp. He kept roaming forwards as well. It's like Steaming he was doing one-twos with Kane. I was like, what? What's going the, on? There, there was one moment where Dad went, what is Romero doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> why, why is he in a forward-right position? Um, <laughs> it was He was imperious. And I, and I don't know how much of that was tactical or he just had the bit between his teeth. Or it, 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 it feels like he needs to make one or two big challenges, or one or two clean challenges. And he's set for the game then he knows you know the mood he's in all of the challenges he made if he was a half a second late would have been resulting in yellow cards because there's a lot that was hard all of them fair and he timed all of them correctly but you just have to take you have to take the games where he you know like got sent off against Manchester United uh, Man City and then you know it was the fact his absence was a massive part of why we lost so significantly to Leicester I think but but by, by the same token you, that mercurial talent you have to accept the good with the the, the the sorry the bad with the good and um he was incredible like when like you said earlier on ricky that um we we've all been kind of looking at him starting to question is he as good as everybody thinks he is like people saying that he's the closest we have to the level that out of Erold and vertongan set when they were at spurs and yeah. he was, you know, so a lot of people were saying, well, yeah, but he, he is playing next to Dyer and, and Davies, essentially making excuses for him because we, we think he's good enough. 
yesterday he just grabbed the ball by the horns. It was like a captain's display. It was it was unreal. He was he was the man of the match in my opinion. Do, do you agree, T? Yeah, yeah, definitely was. He was just doing everything, and um, he played well against Man. He played well against City as well. Even though he did get sent off, he did keep um, Haaland pretty quiet. And the last few games he's been good. I think against Milan he wasn't wasn't at his best, but it's a very weird display the Milan game. But yesterday. He was amazing. He was everywhere. He was covering every blade of grass. And I think for a derby like that, you need that sort of performance. Um, yeah. What I was interested in, I saw a clip, I think, because um, look at me in Rice and Hoybier having a row and Romero's breaking up. Like, what the fuck's happening there? It's like a parallel universe. Normally, he's like piling in, throwing punches. Like, yeah. Love did that you, shit. Did you see the full Another bit with... Oh, sorry. Go on. Just, just no, the, not... the, the, the Declan, Declan Rice thing, where he's... Is that what you were going to say? Where... No. Appar- apparently, uh, Declan Rice squared up to Hoybier, as you saw, and apparently said, do you know what he said? Yeah. He said, no one likes you. Nobody likes you? <laughs> what weird thing to say on the pitch. Uh, by the way, nobody likes you? It reminded me of that tweet where this um, this girl was um, having sex with this uh, her new boyfriend and said, um, you know, call me a slag. Call- no, 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 not a slag, sorry. Call me, call me a slut. <laughs> call me a slut. And in he went. He was like, "Yeah, yeah, you're a slag, and no one likes you." <laughs> she was like, "No, that's not what I was after. I was like, I wanted to be called a bad girl, a slut." And he went, "You're a slag, and no one likes you." <laughs> um, what was you gonna say, Rick? Exactly that. Uh, but the uh, the cherry on top for uh, Romero's performance is when uh, Emerson Royale scored and Romero celebrating him and then boots him across the thigh <laughs> as like, a friendly like have some of that wallop what is it with South Americans like being so violent in celebration did you see <laughs> Romero grab Richarlison by the throat as they <laughs> yeah. celebrated I Richarlison did that yeah he, he, no, that's crazy Emerson grabbed him by the throat like they hated each other and they're just like yeah this is great even Lucas Mora smacks people on the head I don't know what's going on in South America um <laughs> Yeah, yeah, unreal. Let's let's move on to Emerson Real's performance because he's becoming a joy. He's becoming like a cult hero. Actually, we've got a question here from Jack Kirby Lowe. He says, whose villain to hero arc is better, Royale's or Sissoko's? It's comparable, isn't it? It is it is comparable. Really is. It really is. Um, and, you know, I guess Royale's a little bit like modern art, you know, in terms of um, how you interpret his displays. But it was amazing yesterday. Um and then the way he took that goal, when I saw it, it was like, oh my God, this is going to go over the bar. And he was just so composed in, in the way he took the goal. Beautiful. Um, there was this, this little video we saw on Twitter about the slight change in formation in the second half. Like um, Davies and Emerson were more inside than hugging the touchline. And that made all the difference. It was, um, it was lovely that he kept it with a goal. He's, he's, he's in a very good run of form. You know, maybe the, um, the Pedro Poro thing is a Michael Jordan meme, you know, taking this personally and I'm going mm. to just have these 10 out of 10 displays for Tottenham. Um, he's um, he's very popular. I mean, he, I think the fans, I don't think the fans boo him because they hate him. He's, he's I think he's a very popular player from that point of view. I think he was um, hated for a bit. He, yeah. I don't think they hated him personally. I think they hated his displays. I don't think he was in and of himself a hate figure. It's just like, it was frustration and he was, he kept being played, he kept playing and he was playing badly. But I think he's someone who, you know, if he was walking the street, I don't think you'd have people calling him a cunt or anything. You know what I mean? No. It's just... do, you, do you know where the change was, T, for me? Is when he got booed and he he, he took it well. He, he It didn't phase him. He was just like, as far as I, I understand, 
The interviews didn't even reference it. Other players sort of dealt with the questions. He's still posting these highlight videos. He's still doing no-look passes. The geezer is Teflon. He doesn't, he's not in, for someone so young, he's 24, isn't he? 23, 24. Someone yeah. so young to be completely oblivious, not even oblivious, he understands the mood. And he's just like, yeah, I get what you're saying, but I'm not going to change. And, and it was, that, in that moment, I was like, I kind of like that. I like that. He's getting stick, but he's still willing to go out there and perform <laughs> to the best of his ability. And as it's transpired, in big moments, he's always performed for us. Away in Milan, he was good. Um, and to, the, like, just to go back to what T was saying about the goal, a brilliant move. I don't think I'd ever, I ever, ever had thought I'd hear, Hoi bien, Davies? <laughs> Emerson! Ah, Spurs go one nil up. Like, that's the weirdest combination, but the absolute class of the move was unreal. Hoybier's ball in was was brilliant. It's something you'd, you know, if, if if De Bruyne did it or Kane did it, he'd be like, oh my god, look what he's done again. Hoybier, we know he's 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 better in attack than than um, his gait would lead you to believe. He just trod, plods around like a proper defensive centre midfielder, but. On his on the ball, he's he's he's. I think he doesn't get enough credit. But that ball into Davies, and it happened so quick. Like watching it, it was quick. The, the, took, that, that ball took six player, West Ham players out of the game to square it to Emerson. And I just know I was completely confident. I don't know what because he because he can't be phased. Big situations don't affect him. He was even doing no look passes again. Doesn't give a shit. He's yeah, nuts. it was uh, it it was mad. Like I was. I saw that ball that uh, that ball come through. Um, I, di I didn't know it was Hoybier at the time, um, and then I saw like, oh, Davies is on it. I was like, our oh, quality is that is that royal? Like, what? what like, our two furthest forward, our two attacking players are our defenders, and like they're right up there. And as he laid that ball across. I was kind of like just holding my breath, like just don't smash it in Rosehead, you know, one of those ones. Just, yeah. just put your foot through it. But he just kind of rolled it on the floor, just rolled it back past yeah. Kane. He really took his time. He was so kind of uh, confident and patient and just didn't rush it. And I was like, fucking hell, that is absolutely quality. I'm in love with him. I've got to say, I am bloody in love with him. He's gone from me going, he should never play for Spurs again this season. Less than probably more, <laughs> just over a month ago, I'm going, I'm done with him. I've had enough. I'll admit when I was wrong. I'll admit, I don't have an issue with just taking taking issue with age-old opinions that I might have had. I can own ones that I had. And, and, and a month ago, I, uh, I I said that Real should never play for Spurs again. Now I'm like, I'm gonna, I need to speak to the t-shirt designer and get some t-shirts mocked up quickly. Yeah. Let's, let's capitalise <laughs> on this. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm exactly the same as well, man. Like there, there were times where I felt I felt like with Royal when we played against uh, City or Liverpool when it was backs against the wall like when he's playing as an, a, a traditional fullback he was excellent but when it, the bits that really uh, annoyed me is that when we were on uh, on the kind of a front foot and we were being uh, more offensive that he would pick the wrong ball pick the wrong player he, he the area. The spaces he would take up were the wrong places. He should have been, you know, outside the defender or whatever it might be. But um, it seems like he is kind of, um, he's just feeling his way at the moment and he's, just, he's getting the balance a lot better. So, like, fair fucks to him, man. Especially like you saying that coming back from it, that um, loads of people were on his back and he was being booed and jeered and all, and all sorts. And yet he's still 
comes out chest pumped uh, and gives it his all. Like, I, like if I was in that situation, do you know what I mean? I would like, I'd crumble. Fuck that. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. They're um, they uh, yeah. He, he, he's just shown strength of character, and um, I love him for it. Uh, we've got a question actually here from uh, Centurion underscore Spur. He says, "Is Pedro Porro needed in Tottenham after this Emerson revival?" T. Oh, it's a difficult one, man. I mean, I think it's now that there's competition. Um, Poro's only game was was a bad one, by all accounts. I didn't really watch the list of game. Yeah, he was poor. But <clears throat> I don't know. Maybe he's maybe maybe this is a G up that Emerson needed. But um, I found that Emerson's playing more to his strengths. He's not trying to put in crosses. He's not trying to set Kuliseski free. He's just um, doing what he's good at. And um, as long as that remains the case, he'll continue playing well. It's when is if he gets if um, other teams start to isolate him and he's got to make something happen. Maybe we'll see the Emerson that we hated in the past. But um. Right now, he's doing what he's good at, and he's and he's doing very well. As as for Poro, I believe his time will come. We've got um, an FA Cup game next week. God, months over already. Yeah, yeah FA Cup game coming up. So you yeah. so you would hope that um, Poro's given a run out in that game, and um, yeah, I think I I think it's nice. It's a nice problem to have. Um, very nice problem to have. I, I think Poro will, will get his time. Definitely just, will. I just want to um, play the uh, commentary in the lead up to Emerson Morales goal here. You guys won't be able to hear it, but on the recording you will be able to. Right, so... Davis. Emerson Royal. Well, for all the big attacking names that Tottenham have available, it's the two fullbacks that combine to get so casual that finish um do you know what in the run-up to because i was expecting them to like hear the commentary and break it down the hoibier pass didn't even get a mention from the fucking i know who it was ian danta i don't care who, 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 who <laughs> um as uh, uh zeus he says the question is you're hiking with emerson royale uh, you're hiking with emerson when suddenly a snake appears and bites him on his royal penis with help being far away do you attempt to suck the venom out 78 likes that got 78 likes it's become a thing zeus's question has become a thing <laughs> i like it this is question of the week yeah I mean, um you know I, I i think i would if he plays badly then i'll let him die but he's playing well now so he can live so it depends I'd, on when it happens if, it, if he's in a good run of form getting gold and yeah I'll save him. I'd, I'd do it if there wasn't a snake. I'd I'd say to him, <laughs> Emerson, I'm not sure you're aware. You've just you've just been bitten on your penis by a snake. And he's like, what what snake? Doesn't matter. Just can you just remove your trousers? <laughs> I've heard that doesn't actually work. You know, you know, if a snake bites you, you've got to suck the uh, venom out. What, you you've, what you heard down Milton Keynes? Someone told you. What do you mean you've heard? <laughs> Is it after uh, the that, my, my, my yeah, my, the off license two two streets away. <laughs> We were chatting about it as I was buying Maltesers. <laughs> oh, by the way, mate, did you know that I like it doesn't actually? Like, <laughs> <coughs> um, oh, sorry, I, ju I just want to go back to uh, the Porro and yeah. Yeah, Royale uh, situation because a lot of people have been saying, "Oh, like typical Tottenham spent forty plus million and Emerson's playing great." Blah blah blah. Uh, for me, I don't think there's an either or an or. It's because we are going to come up against teams 
where they will be where they'll put men behind the ball and the onus will be on us to attack to create the spaces and to the, the overlaps crossing when it when it goes to 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 royal to put in one of those performances he ain't going to be able to do it that's not playing to his strengths but poro he will that's what he's used <coughs> to of of where he's playing for sporting that they have the possession and he's he's doing all the running, running into spaces, overlaps, crossing, everything that you'd need to have to be a pure attacking right wing back. So when we do, we, we can mix a match, man. It doesn't, doesn't really matter. So um, there's enough space for both of them. Bearing in mind, he's just arrived. It takes players a long time to, or some players, a long time to understand their role and what they've been asked to do. It's not just a case of, you know, when you're playing fucking champ man where I've bought a right wing back, so therefore I'll put him straight in. He's a human being. There's a system that that Conte and Stellini want, um, want want us to play, and it takes time for players to to, to get up to speed with it. You know, they're, 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 do you remember when Conte was recorded say screaming at Benzema, going, "What the fuck are you doing, you idiots?" <laughs> right, it's along those lines, not verbatim, but more along those lines. It's not. It's. It, it, Hope like some players are so good that, he can, that they can come in and, and and do it, but you know you just give him time. It's not like he's had zero opportunity in a Leicester game where they were really good, and he's playing next to Tanganga with Romero. Like in my head, I can visualise Romero tackling a player as they as they um as they as their attack, you know, descends on our goal. Romero doing an excellent tackle, breaking Sporro, and he just lights up the field. I can, I, I can see it. I can see it. Just give it time. Um, how did you think Skip did, T? Because obviously missing Bentancourt is huge. It was either Skip or Saar. Skip got the start. I didn't have an issue with that. I would have chose Skip over Saar for this game as well. What did, what did you think of his performance? I thought he did okay. Um, we obviously spoke about it on, on, on the preview, and I think we agreed that either or was going to be fine anyway. Um, I thought he put in a decent shift. It wasn't an amazing game by any stretch from Skip, but he's just solid. Um, again, the crowd likes him, the teammates trust him. And that's the main thing. The fact that the teammates trust him allows him to do his role. And you know, I thought it was good. I'm not overly concerned if Skip and Saar are fighting for a place alongside who be here for the next seven, eight weeks. It's not a bad position to be in, isn't it? No, not all, no. Do you know, do you know the, the, Saar, the Saar signing, I think, was... A, I mean, it remains to be seen. It's early days for him, but it could be inspired that. It's very rare that we buy a player from France, specifically Spurs, you know, with bags of potential when they arrive and then for them just to sort of realise that the the ceiling or the, the, the level of performance is required to achieve in the Premier League is so high that they're not good enough. I'm thinking basically of NG and Nkudu. Um, you know, he, he we sent him back on loan to Mets. They got relegated... And he's just thinking, oh, and then and he turns up, and you're like, this guy looks small, and it, that could be some excellent business. I think I think it's about eleven million pounds, something like that. It could be some excellent business if he continues to to uh, perform the way he has, and it's just his joy to be on the pitch every time he comes on. He's grinning from ear to ear. It's very rare you see that in the Premier League of a player because the, the pressure is so high. But it's almost like he doesn't feel it. So yeah, it's good to have that. Like. Our depth in midfield is really saving us at, at the moment because we're we're in the top four. Um, we, there's lack of depth elsewhere, mainly in defence. Um, but the midfield and the, and the forward line, if we can get the team running properly and being attacking and a bit a little bit more inventive in, in, in how we you know approach the goal, 
then we've got the front front sort of six or seven are set. It's just defence that needs work. That said, do you think we can get into the top four with that defence, T? Do you think do you think a, a top four finishes on? We're currently in fourth, but um, the, game, the, the teams around us with games in hand and you know Newcastle's form has fallen off the cliff, but Liverpool won two on the bounce. If they win their two games in hand, they're a point behind us. You know, we've got che- we, our running isn't horrendous, but there are difficult games there. What, what, do, you, what do you think? Do you, if you were to predict now, would you think we'll finish in the top 40? Um, it's definitely attainable. Um, I mean, I've been critical of the defence in the last few weeks and I still still maintain that, um, you know, Romero is probably the only one who I've got any real confidence in. But with the fixtures we've got, they're definitely, definitely winnable games. And again, I think we've been there so many times. We've been... In the top four race for the last 10 years have been there and done it and um, Newcastle aren't in a position where they're expected to win games and this recent run of um, ropey form kind of reflects that I think they're one in one in six I think um, yeah. Rick I'm just going to go through our next sort of uh, list of games and I want you to tell me whether we're going to win or lose them okay let's go Chelsea at home win Sheffield United yeah. away yeah win that yeah Wolverhampton away yeah, we're in that. Yeah, AC Milan at home. Yeah, we're in that. Fucking hell, we've got a lot, of, a lot, of, a lot of W's, haven't we? Eh? <laughs> Forest, Forest at home. Yeah, win. slap them. Southampton yeah, away, relegated. Win. Yeah, win that. Fucking hell. Everton away, win. Win. Yeah, I don't think we're we're gonna lose again this season. Well, check this out. Brighton at home. Yeah, it's a win, win. Isn't it. Yeah. Tell me that we're not gonna beat Bournemouth at home. Yeah, we are. Well, you can't tell we're me that, can up. you? We're, we're gonna win that one. T. Newcastle away. Will we win that game? Just fucking yeah. say win. Just say win. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so Big by, fat our, w. By, by our reckoning on the fighting cock, we are going to win one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, <laughs> nine, ten of our next ten games. Do you, do you remember that uh, game show? It's an American game show where they had a, a row of like eight playing cards, like oversized playing cards, and you'd have to say higher or lower. Yeah, we're the price. Oh, I, Price is play right. cards right. Play it's cards a, right. Yeah. Play, uh, okay, play it's cards Brit- right. Is English? Uh, was it? Yeah. Was it? Yeah, the, yeah. Anyway, it doesn't I, matter. I, yeah, we yeah, know yeah, the game. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. And the um, when you're saying when you keep getting like a, a two and we're like higher, the wins, and then <sighs> when you said Newcastle, it was like, oh, is it so, going to be higher or lower? Yeah, well, that's a seven. It's isn't like it? an eight. That's a like yeah, seven yeah, or eight. Yeah. Hundred um, percent. Sonny came off the bench, netted, not for the first time this season. Last time he did that against Crystal Palace, got bagged the hat trick. I think he needed to be taken out of the firing line. I don't think he had an issue with it. It was a, like proving the doubt was wrong. Um, and for Kane to put that ball into him, it's like we hadn't seen that run. We hadn't seen him burst into space. I'm not sure why he did it in this game or why it happened the way that we'd seen it happen. But as soon as he went through, it was like that's a goal. And it's great. It was great to see him score a tee, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Um, you know, he performed a lot better in, in his little cameo. I think it was the right decision to to drop him. I remember I said maybe give him 45 minutes. Um, I think it was the right decision. And we hope that this is the springboard to the old son that we know and love. He overtook um, Teddy Sheridan in the scoring charts as well. So it's another nice milestone. 98, so away. Yeah, 98. So it's two away from 100 um, Premier League gold, which is amazing, really. It's not something we expected from him when he first joined Tottenham and you know he's he's a Spurs legend that's that's a given but <sighs> hands down it was lovely for him to score 
lovely for him to score against West Ham, given that their fans fucking hate him and he hates them. So yeah, so this again, beautiful. again, this huge. So there, there was like racist comments towards him from West Ham fans. Not for the first time, they've got a, a really sort of ugly track record of targeting Son. It's almost like why aren't they brave enough to target other races? Like, they don't say anything about any other races, just, just him. He's yeah. fucking them. <laughs> do, do something else. He's fucking. Do them. something else for fuck's sake. <laughs> He does. He does. He is motivated against West Ham, isn't it? He is. Um, I don't know if you saw the AC Milan. Like there was a tweet from Tottenham. It says uh, we've been made aware of the utterly reprehensible online racist abuse towards Son during today's match, which has been reported by the club. We stand with Sonny once again. Call on social media companies and authorities to take action. And then AC Milan uh, replied and said, "Show racism the red card. We're with you, Son." Um, hashtag uh, we resp act. Um, <clears throat> was that uh, was that um, in relation to AC Milan? Because I saw that yesterday. I thought the it was AC re- Milan thought... re- replied. They they added Spurs. You know what they didn't oh, do? Shit. Do you know what they didn't do, Ricky? What didn't quote tweet it? They just replied underneath, which is not as that's not of a, uh, a strong message. Yeah, like, we're grateful AC Milan for your um, you know your thoughts and stuff. Quote tweet it so all your fans can see, not just us. Like, like soft, soft activism, you know what I mean? You click to clicktivism, isn't it? That's uh, exactly what if, it is. If if they were to quote quote tweeted, they would have got all the engagement as well. So that's yeah, by their own fans know. going, yeah, fucking but, talk yeah. about what are you talking about? <laughs> not, Rick, there might be a vacancy there for you. Yeah. <laughs> Rick, as someone who works in social media, would you take on a job at Spurs, or would you find that quite difficult? Your relationship with the club, it'd be impacted and. It would be uh, changes everything, doesn't it, it? It would be non impossible. It's it's a, it's a no from me. I you know I love Tottenham. I've like for the past fucking twelve years been recording a podcast talking about Tottenham season ticket twenty odd years, but to work in it day in day out and and do what I'm doing on top, it's just it's just too much, man. Mm. I wouldn't be able to do it. No, so, so this we love Tottenham, but there can be too much Tottenham. Yeah, at times yeah. you really wish you could keep Tottenham at arm's length. Yeah, or I do sometimes when things are going poorly. I was like, do you know what? Not today, Spurs. Right? Maybe tomorrow <laughs> or on Wednesday. Maybe then we can start talking. But right now, you know, it's like having sex with your bird and she slaps you, and you didn't agree that that was gonna that was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> so it comes out now with bosh. Like, what? what? Close fist. <laughs> is that what we do in bed now? Is it? Um, that's how I feel about Spurs at times. Uh, Gariel, I oh know. Before we do this, actually, no, no, no it's it, it sort of ref, ref, it's related to what I was about to say. Um, Gariel says, "How long will it be before Richarlison is linked with a move away? How does Conte expect him to find any consistency whilst making the occasional start and fifteen-minute cameo appearance?" What's your reaction to that, Rick? Um, I think he's got a point. Really, um, it's it's a difficult one because. Richarlison has been the the kind of cameo appearances that he has been getting is where Son plays, and traditionally I don't think um, Richarlison plays that. I think he's more central yeah, um, for, for Brazil for sure. So, like, he would be for him to get uh, a rhythm and a run of games, he'd be playing where Kane is, and that yeah. ain't going to happen. So he's 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 naturally having to get uh, taking like snatching opportunities uh, out of position where Son plays, but Son has been 
massively out of form and he Richarlison should have been brought in earlier or even started games a, a lot more but it hasn't happened because Son is Son you know um, and I think Conte's tried to play him into form um, he obviously knows how how amazing of a player Son is so it's just that one bit of magic and, and Son can do that for you so it, it, it's difficult and I don't want to see Richarlison play where Kulisevsky is because that really isn't doesn't, where doesn't yeah. where no exactly so it, it's it's tough, but then where do, where does he get this kind of the momentum that he he needs to play, and this rhythm that he that he needs to pick up? It's it's going to be in replace of Kane and Son. But bearing um, in mind he's I, been injured, like a lot of him not playing isn't not to do with the fact that he isn't rated or not given opportunity. He was he came back from the World Cup injured for a significant amount of time. He spent the last three games coming off the bench, which you'd expect after an injury. So. And he, he got an opportunity to play yesterday. I know off the left isn't his main position. He's clearly a number nine because of what he, he did at the World Cup with with um, with Brazil and the fact that they prefer him over to Jesus. But it was always going to be as a back... He was always going to play more than as a left winger than, than he was as a centre forward. And he got the opportunity, didn't he, T, yesterday to to start. And he he wasn't good enough. He, did, he was he harried and he created issues for West Ham, but his quality on the ball wasn't quite there yesterday. And you saw as he came off, he was he's quite disappointed with his performance. Yeah, um, I think we've just got to be a bit patient. It's a very weird season with um, his injuries, World Cup mid-season. You know, um, if the World Cup didn't happen and he had a good World Cup for Brazil at that, at that point in time for Tottenham, he might have been banging in the goals for us at, at that point in time. So... It's a very weird season. Um, I think Sonny's first season, he wasn't he wasn't starting a lot of games initially. He was in and out of the team. He had this weird injury that has a Latin name that I can't pronounce. That was on the bottom of his foot, he, wasn't it? Between the tendons. Yeah. I remember reading about that yes. and getting quite into that injury. Yeah. So, um, you know, I don't think we can... I don't think we can come to any conclusions <laughs> um, from from Richarlison's first season. I think he'll, he'll get there. He'll, he'll definitely get there. I wouldn't worry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was listening to uh, Rule, I was listening to Rule the Roosters, and uh, Jack was saying about uh, Richarlison and getting his opportunity and uh, where he naturally plays, where Kane is and stuff like that. And then, uh, I, you know, I was just listening, and then, and then Jack's like, "Yeah, but th- this could all be in preparation from from when Kane leaves because you know that that hasn't been resolved and there's a year left." And when he said that, I was like, "Oh God." Like I, I literally felt a pang, like a little bit of there's, there's there is worry in my stomach. I was just like, fucking hell, that's that's a horrible thing. Just can we just not talk about it? Just well, ignore yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I get like I've been on a few things outside the fighting cock, like different shows and podcasts and stuff. And the question I keep getting is, uh, do you think Kane will stay? And I'm like, well, don't answer, don't ask me that. Like, don't, I don't want to. I don't know. <laughs> What I don't know what you want. What do you want me to say? Do you actually want me to sort of come out, come on your show or wherever it might be, and go? Yeah, I think you'll go United. Probably best thing for him. <laughs> I don't want to think about that. Fuck off. Um, yeah, and, and and the thing is, is if Kane does leave in the summer, if we if United get bought by fucking this is I mean that them getting taken over by the Qataris, if it happens, isn't good news because it means they can buy Kane. Or spend money on Kane way over his market value. They'd have to pay 100, 120 million with a year left on his contract. He's worth nowhere near that. So, 
Fuck, I don't want to talk about this. I do have a question about Richarlison, though, is if Kane does leave, are you happy with Richarlison leaving, leading the line, Rick? Um, I think he brings... Richarlison definitely brings a different quality. Um, and it would be... We would we would have to kind of uh, play a different way to, to suit him. Whether you'd be happy about it, I mean, like Kane is, he is going to go down as one of the greatest strikers in the Premier League. So there is going to be he is no the comparison. He'll, well, he'll score yeah. more than Rashiro. Exactly. He is the so then it's very hard to compare. Like, Richarlison can't lay a glove on him, really. And to say, am I going to be happy with with uh, Richie being his Tipton uh, or, or like him being the, the main well, striker? It's as close. Uh, it's not as close as you're gonna get, but uh, you know he's he's the Brazil number nine. Like that's no better place to start with, really. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, you're right. I mean, he does have Neymar and Vinicius. That's not helping him. No. We got, got forwards, good forwards as well. Um, T, uh, you know, the lineup was quite pragmatic when it was announced, wasn't it? We had two defensive. Uh, wingbacks in Davies who played there for the first time since Conte took over and Royale on the, on, on the other side and I, think, I mean it's a fair argument to say that maybe we could have done with you know Perisic and Royale or Porro and Davies and just had one side that was more attacking minded there's a beautiful irony in that sort of re- reservation in that, that both fullbacks or, or wingbacks combined to score so it just shows you how much you know we think we know about the game but um what i was I... going to say as well like when i earlier on when i said that uh when i looked up and davies and uh royale were the most furthest forward of our attackers and i was like they're defenders like what are they doing this is mad but isn't it one of conte's things where his wing backs push forward and yeah. it's like to put the ball across so the other wing back can do you not remember the far Se- post Se- 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 against... yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and exactly. yeah yeah Sorry, so there is. Did I take you? You were going to that, weren't you? And no, I, no, no. I, I was going to use. No, no. I was going to go for the uh, Doherty example, but you've come in with a totally different example, which is exactly the same. Which is great. It further it solidifies was, my point. It was Leeds. Uh, I'm a a knob of knowledge of football. It was really. Leeds. It was Leeds where Sessegnon crossed for Doherty to finish last season. Yeah, yeah. It was, you're right. You're, it's exactly the same. Um, but my question here wasn't necessarily about those guys because in the first half you're thinking this is really pragmatic. It's quite defensive. Where are we going to score from? You know, we didn't. But I felt more comfortable knowing that we had real options off the bench. We had Poro. We had Perisic. You know, there, there was Dan Juma who, who and Son who could have come on. So why it was pragmatic to start with, it felt like we could change the game with our bench, whereas that hasn't been the case. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I think attacking-wise, as a squad, we're, we're doing okay. Um, <clears throat> with the earlier conversation about um, if Kane leads, can Richarlison do a job? I think um, we're in a better state now to replace Kane than we have been in the last five to six, five, ten years. So that's a positive. But yeah, I looked at that bench and there are so many options up there to stretch the game. I was surprised that Dan Jimmer didn't get his chance, but then Sonny scoring kind of, you know, put that to bed. I don't know where I mean, Dan Jimmer fits. If Lucas Moore run out as well, I really Sorry. don't know, don't know where Dan Jimmer fits in his team. Like he he was brought in for depth, and that's it, wasn't it? It feels like that. Yeah, um, I mean, you would have thought he'd been playing at left, maybe to replace Son at some point. But I think it looks like Son's got that position nailed down to the end of the season, unless he 
goes back to being terrible. The only thing would change it is that if, if Kane gets injured, then Richarlison becomes our number nine. And then the left-hand side is Dan Juma or, or Son. Anyway, we've got a question here from James Payton. And he says, um, here's my question. I won't mention all the names as Flav Bateman will have a brain fart. Um, but why does everyone only concentrate on Antonio Conte's family being in Italy? We have five further Italian coaches who have family living away from home. Um, Conte is a boss. That's why. <laughs> Conte is yeah. a manager. That's why he's more pronounced of him than the others. Do you boys have any issue with the fact that he's returned home? Like I spoke, my um, my stepmom Valerie, she uh, had a gallbladder out, and she was back to work within seven days. Uh, was she? Uh, yeah, she was. I mean, she's not a you know coach of a Premier League football club. She was a uh, dinner lady, but. <laughs> but but she was back but, to work but, but, doing her best. You need you need core to ring to ring the bell. So like you know yep. she's like you know. I don't think she ring the bell to about eight weeks after the operation. I think that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I have I, no pro- I have no I have no problem. Um, I, you know, he's been through a lot, and whether you want to be that kind of uh, stoic, people pass away and this that and the other, that I, like. Not only Ventronio, who is incredibly close to passing away, like then two other mate, teammates that are that he was very close with. Um, it's just a, a huge amount to kind of um, psychologically to process. He looked that. tired. He looked, and tired. then let alone having an emergency operation for your gallbladder, it's it's a lot physically and mentally. And your you know Premier League manager at Tottenham. Well, I imagine... think he probably needs to go back to Italy to spend time with his yeah. wife and daughter in his hometown, wherever, um, and to kind of just have a bit of uh, that bit of headspace, really. What, you imagine, imagine like, you, like Vetroni was ill. Like Conte knew he was ill, but he was shocked by how quickly he, he, he became from being, you know, poorly, but like working and stuff to, to passing away. And then just a few months later, he's... Conte also falls ill and you know thank the stars that it was just a gallbladder operation and wasn't anything more significant but that would take a mental impact on you and, and bearing in mind as a the head coach of a Premier League football club it's all mental all of it's mental you can't do anything on the pit like he's retired from playing football many many years ago all of what he does now is mental so he has to think about all of the intricacies and difficulties and nuances of preparing for every single Premier League game on top of that, we've got Champions League and, um, you know, FA Cup. I can see where the mental strain has come from. So I don't have a problem with it either. I don't I, I don't think... Oh, we've got a question here from Fuzz. He says, if Conte is leaving in the summer, which, uh, which most of us expect he is, and we are wasting, our, are we wasting our time keeping him? The results seem better with Stellini managing things and the new manager bounce could go a long way this season with the Champions League and FA Cup. Would you replace Conte? He didn't ask that question. He said, who would you replace Conte? So he's already made his mind up. But would you replace Conte at this stage, T? No, I think there's a bit of, there's a bit of continuity there with um, Stellini and, and Mason at the helm. Because uh, if Conte goes, Stellini goes with him, right? I think yeah. it's a... Yeah. I mean, I think it's a soft sacking, to be fair. I think they realise that it's probably not really working out. Conte doesn't seem happy. Um, I think last week's probably the first time I come to the realisation that Conte isn't going to be our manager next season and it's it's tough because I really wanted us to see it out and trust the process all the cliches of um, 
Arteta type managers where you just kind of see it through and hopefully you'll see the fruits in a season or two. But it does feel like, um, yes, yeah, um, the writing's on the wall for for Conte. Yeah, if if if, if I don't think like, to, to answer your question, Fuzz, I don't think he gets sacked. You can't sack him when he's away on fucking respite or you know he's he's away from the team because he isn't physically or mentally there to do it. So you, sacking him now would be horrendously bad decision to make especially with Steve yeah we're, we're fourth place we're, we're in the Champions League and FA Cup still you know what I mean you can't uh, like it'd be absolutely ludicrous to, to, to sack him now you you wouldn't have heard this Rick um, but um, in, in the broadcasting when they asked Stellini uh, how, how has Conte been involved in the build up of this game and the tactics and he was saying yeah he's been involved completely he's talk, we're talking to him constantly and he's given us advice and he's saying this is what the first team should be. This is how we should approach this game. So he is involved. He's just not there. So you're right. We we are in all these competitions. We are still in a good good place. If we perform well in the last 15 games of the season, we will finish top four, which for a large part of this season, I didn't think we would. So do you think do you think Stellini was on the bench yesterday and like throughout all of it, like Conte has been uh, <laughs> been advising him, yeah, on, on WhatsApp, telling him what to do. Then as soon as it gets to game time, like Conte's expecting to to be sending these WhatsApp messages, and he sends it, and Conte's like, why why hasn't he got the blue ticks? Like has he got, <laughs> has he got reception? And he's like, what the fuck's going on here? And like Stellini's just like, I'm the captain now. Yeah, he's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he's... <laughs> he's looking at his phone and he's like he's during the game and he's looking down his Antonio Conte calling and he's like oh, fuck that. not now restarting his modem at home just yeah. like shit man well, why ain't it happening why ain't it happening it's like you're on your you're in a night out and you said to your missus you'll be home by 10 and it's 4am and, you're, <laughs> and you're, you're two grams deep <laughs> and, and you're like I'm, all your mates. I'm not dealing with this now yeah <laughs> block uh <laughs> Um, there has been some rumours, strong rumours, about uh, Pochettino coming back to the fore. See, what what do you what do you if Conte isn't going to be? I, know, I think we all agree, and like, like you said last week, was it, it became clear that Conte probably isn't going to be at Spurs, and, and there's no ill feeling towards him. But if we if we if we're moving forward, what is it? What, what do you want? Is it Pochettino? Because the other options on the table aren't that appealing, like Tuchel and. If, if- it feels an inevitability that Pochettino comes back. Yeah. Um, maybe it's maybe it's a bit too soon. I don't see what changes between his last tenure at Tottenham to now. Um, the rebuild he talked about is in progress at the moment, and I don't know. I mean, maybe you see people like Poro and um, well, not certain them, but Udogi be there next season. Maybe Poch could do something with them. Um, he'll make the club, he'll make the fans feel better. I mean, Pochettino really does give that kind of feel-good vibe, but. Yeah, the names aren't that um, aren't that exciting to me. Um, Deserbi's doing good at Brighton, but still he's relatively unproven in England. Good, good manager though. He's a good manager. Wherever yeah, yeah. he's gone, he's done really, really well. Uh, Rick, you hate the idea of Thomas Tuchel, don't you? Yeah, absolutely love it. I hate him. I don't know why. I've got like. I don't like know, Peter. man. He's, it's just it's, 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 it's face. No, it's, it's just his face. face. I hate his face. If, and if he, that if, whole if, business if, with uh, with shaking hands of Conte. Uh, and that whole debacle, I just, I don't know, just ne- never really, never really liked him. I just, yeah, I'd hate it if he, he became our manager. And like T was saying, well, I mean, like, what are our choices, really? I, I think we are going to get to a point when it comes to the summer 
Conte isn't going to renew. He's going to want to kind of go back and recharge his batteries back home, um, which is fair enough. But I, I'm also thinking, like, in the papers, we're being linked at the moment with, uh, is it Brozovic uh, into Milan? And it's like, well, why would that guy come if Conte is going to be leaving? Like, it, I don't know. The, maybe, maybe Ooh. it might just be, maybe it's all You're this kind of... You've like, got Bratigy, you yeah, I mean, I how many? I, uh, we, we, there, there is an issue with homegrown players as well, isn't there? Maybe we just don't care. Just fuck it. Yeah, I, I don't care really. I, I just, just get loads of people in. Yeah, I, it's pretty, pretty Brexit if you're uh, if you're concerned about the homegrown player. <laughs> it's gaslighting, man. Trying to gaslight Tottenham. Yeah, what are you trying to do? <laughs> you know, we're, we're trying to be inclusive over here. What, what are you saying? What do you mean? Yeah, what, what, sorry, what, you, you, you don't think foreign people that belong in England? Is that, <laughs> sounds like what you're saying to me is you want to stop us entertaining the idea of people outside of social demographic in England just because they want to play football. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> um, will West Ham go down? I think they will. They weren't very good, were they, T? They were dreadful. Um, they could definitely go down. A lot depends on Danny Ings because they've got a blind spot with buying strikers. If he gets going, then they can stay up. But it looks it doesn't look good for them. And Where was fixtures, Ings yesterday? He came on. He came on a sub. I didn't. I didn't realize he even played for them until he came on. He did nothing, but he did came on. Do you know what it felt like yesterday? That um, it felt like we were how the game played out. That we were big brother yesterday. You know when you you're teasing your little brother. And he comes flying towards you and you've just got your palm of your hands on his forehead and he's windmilling and he's just not laying a glove on you. And then you just like, just give him a, a sharp jab and he, just to let him know that you're there and it, and it ca- calms down, quiets the situation down. Yeah. It so, so I, I mean, even though we didn't do anything in the first half, particularly, um, I, I thought we were. I thought we were the most attacking out of the two, and looked as though we were most in control. But um, I just didn't feel that we were ever in any kind of um, danger. Trouble. No. Yeah, it did when 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 Son scored, it felt like entering a warm pump <laughs> with, with the moan in your ear as you enter. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it felt like. Everyone, all the boys know. All the girls know. All the girls know as well. If you know, you know. If, you, if you've had sex, then you know. Entering a warm, <laughs> a warm willing pum is the best. I don't. I just, uh, I just hear, is it in? <laughs> you know it is. Why are you, so, why are you being like that? Oh, my <laughs> do, do, do you ever sometimes go no 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 it's not it's not yet not yet <laughs> you just thumb it in <laughs> have, you, have, you, have you ever had the situation where you're just so into it things are good like in the bedroom like it's flowing sometimes you're getting a vibe of each other and things are flowing and you know you're working each other and it's great and then you and then in in, in your head i don't know if, if this is the same for uh when people of other genders um but for men, it's like, in your head, you go, you'd be fine. And if you'd never thought of it, it would never be an issue. But in your head, you're just like, I'm fucking going to come. <laughs> 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 if I hadn't thought, in my head, if I hadn't thought, I'm going to come, 
I would, I'd be fine for another at least three or four minutes. Um, and then you just say, stop moving. Stop, stop moving. Stop moving. She's like, no, 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 don't come, don't come. Well, stop fucking moving then. Because you keep moving, it's over. It's like gloves on the couch here. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 need, I needed to get this out. Um, <laughs> stop moving then, innit? Stop wiggling. Um, all right, all right. I mean, that, that's the end of the final podcast. Uh, cheers, Rick. Cheers, T. Pleasure. No worries, man. And uh, up the fucking Spurs. We're going to do another podcast towards the end of this week, do a Q&A and a preview to the Chelsea game. Hey. Um, but uh, do you, your boys fancy that one? Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. This is how you want to be remembered. All right. Cheers, boys. <laughs> Cheers. Podcast Network.